Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff Richard uh, and Leonard Bernstein is conducting down there. Uh, uh, my name is Jeff. I'm joined as always by my good buddies, Richard. Hello. And Michael. Hello. Happy New Year too. Happy New Year. Richard Pull back the Michael. curtains a little bit. Yeah. 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 Richard and Michael like to debate and deliberate uh, the most ubiquitous aspects of uh, how many topics, how many shows have we done uh, 375, you know? something like that. 375. Yeah. And so uh, we're in that range. We finally got around to the think the topic everybody has been waiting for us to talk about. And that's the Mount Rushmore of klutzes. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's literally, if you go on our social media, it's just been yeah. flooded over the years. What are you going to do, klutzes? Klutzgate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've held off and we've held off. And eventually the public pressure was, was like, a, like a dam and it finally yeah. broke. We did we stumble keep, we bum, keep, bums. Yeah, we did. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we keep meaning to do it, but we keep dropping the ball. You know, it's just like yeah. over and over. Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we it's been it's been a topic we've been evading and kind of working around, but we finally got to it. And whose choice was it? This was mine. This is uh this is a Michael Winfield joint. Um I there's two reasons. One, I feel like um, I am a tremendous klutz myself. Uh, I've always never felt really super like confident. I, I I later realized that I just have like poor peripheral vision, so like <laughs> I bump into walls because I just can't see anything like over here. Like this is all blank <laughs> to me. So I, I'm always turning around, like walking into like uh, door frames, just things, mm. and I'm just like cursing myself for being um clumsy or a klutz and then um but this topic came about because of one of my choices and we'll get into that but I, basically a book came up for christmas and within that book was um a character who was particularly clumsy or klutz i don't know if there's a big difference between like you wouldn't call someone a clumsy right yeah <laughs> it's not a noun yeah it's a it's a uh, what a adverb but a klutz is like the noun version of someone who is clumsy. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't want to say like Mount Rushmore being clumsy, but klutz is yeah. just, and it, God, it's just such a good, you klutz. I don't know if it's German. Yeah. I don't know wh where it comes from. I assume, I assume it's, uh, there was just like a, a really horrific World War One <laughs> German <laughs> battle commander, like, uh, you know, Edvard Klutz that just like drove tanks the wrong way or horses off a cliff or something. I don't know. He wore his like a spiked, you know, Bavarian helmet upside down or something. <laughs> that's, that's what I imagine. I love it. I look, I was just searching. What is another word for Klutz? And it's it, 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 a lot of it doesn't imply that the person may have a average to, um, an average intelligence yet is uncoordinated and uh, mishap, you know, uh, prone. All the other uh, euphemisms are clod, idiot, <laughs> lame brain, <laughs> ignoramus, halfwit, dummy, numbskull. Like, I feel like klutz, like uh, Albert Einstein could have been a klutz, right? He probably yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely fell into uh, <laughs> yeah, the theory relativity. of relativity. Yeah. He was actually trying to write like E equals MC like squared, but fell off the ladder mm -hmm. and wrote a three or tried to write a three and just. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do uh, also believe <laughs> I, I'm always surprised by the choices you gentlemen uh, select. And uh, 
sometimes you go in directions that I did not expect, but for, for me that, is there a tragic <laughs> klutz, you know, is there anything in, in, mm. in that? Cause I always think of, uh, what, what people do with comedy is analyze it to death and it's not funny anymore, but it seems like the comedy equals tragedy plus time. There's another formula Einstein could have developed, but he did the <laughs> e equals MC squared. Um, I love his, uh, his brother, Shecky Einstein did <laughs> tra tragedy, comedy equals tragedy plus time. The, the Shecky uh, Sheldon Einstein came up with that, but the, the idea that a klutz is funny to observe, uh, is something that I kind of embrace, but who knows? There could, there could be some tragic klutzes out there. All right. Uh, uh, wait, so Michael came up with it? Yes. Yeah. Came up with it. I will start off. Okay. And I was thrown off by doing the research on this because I was looking for Shakespearean klutzes. Oh. And it turns out that the, remember the klutz books that you'd get as a kid? Oh, you know, like, the dummy, like the, for dummies? Yeah, they were kind of like oh. the for dummies ones, but okay. they're like how to do things. Oh, like wow. how to juggle. They are they were actually published by a company called Shakespeare and Company. Wow. So it, that really screwed up my uh, research on this. So <laughs> instead of going with anything oh, yeah. really clever, I went with a really obvious choice for my first choice, and that was Jerry Lewis. Oh, fun. Oh, okay. good one. Okay. Um, someone who made a career out of being, I think. Maybe maybe a little bit more on the doofus category. Yeah. The schmeel, if yeah. you will. But certainly had the physical over-the-top sort of uh, mm -hmm. stumble-bum nature, the, the lack of coordination in a lot yeah. of his movies. Um, even in the serious ones, like The Day the Clown Cried, where he's attempting to be serious. <laughs> Where, Has anyone have you seen this film? No, I have not. I, I, I am not one of. I'm not Harry Shearer. I'm not yeah. one of the thirty people yeah. who has seen the Day of the Clown Cry, yeah. but I have read the synopses of it, mm -hmm. and I know at the beginning of the movie he's working as a clown and he gets fired because he clutzily causes an accident at the circus. Yeah, and then he goes out and gets drunk because he gets fired and winds up getting caught making fun of Adolf Hitler drunkenly, and that's how he gets thrown in the concentration camp. Oh. So even in a movie where Jerry Lewis is attempting to make a serious, you know, Holocaust movie, mm -hmm. his character is still a klutz. Yeah. So it's just, there's something about that physical nature of Jerry Lewis that he can't get away from. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what he's working on. And of course, in some of the movies, he'll have an alter, e e alter ego the very suave and sophisticated mm -hmm. ladies man to kind of lay buddy off love maybe the buddy love character exactly and to kind of you know contrast with the bumbling klutz that he mm -hmm. usually plays yeah I, I think that also reveals when he does uh do those dual roles reveals that the klutz uh the per one who portrays the klutz is often very physically graceful and, and athletic and they sure. need they need to be in order to accomplish that without injury, <laughs> I think. No, yeah, no. I mean, that's it's one of the dichotomies, isn't it? And then uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to get too much into the dissecting comedy, but but yeah, I mean, in order to be a good physical comedian, you need to be in control of your body. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to wind up breaking yourself. That's yeah. Thing to do it. And yeah. We'll get in. We'll get into. We'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I, I, what's interesting is. Uh, 
one aspect of the klutz and its appeal is uh, the nonverbal um, uh, communication aspect, which makes them globally uh, <laughs> acceptable. So they translate. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's why so many, and I don't know if, I, I don't want to step on my, any of Michael's choices toes, but someone like a Mr. Bean yeah. is, is, you know, a universally beloved character where I think Michael and I would agree Blackadder is the best Rowan Atkinson character, mm-hmm. but that's not something that has universal appeal because that's a very language based character. Uh, yeah. Blackadder is very, you know, literate kind of comedy mm-hmm. versus Mr. Bean is just him stomping around and, yeah. and and falling down a lot. Yeah. And that's something that translates no matter what language you speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Winfield, what's your first one? Well, I was going to talk about um, uh, the inspiration for the choice of my first pick, but all this talk about like um, body comedy um, will lead me to another one, which is um, Bill Irwin. Oh yeah. Comedian, wow. mime, clown, um, as a character, I I could say just Bill Irwin, Irwin full stop, but I'll, I'll I'll nail it down to um, his Sesame Street character of Mister Noodle, yeah. where um, I I don't know if it's oh, Mister Noodle. <laughs> I think it's on like a very good Elmo uh, on like an Elmo's kind of Elmo's World sort of thing, but I think he's been in like just a ton of of, of Sesame Street just in general. But um, I love the comedy stylings of Bill Irwin. Um, I remember, I think, probably first seeing him playing um, Ham Gravy in Popeye, oh, where yeah. he's just walking, you know, sure. he's like walking around Sweet Haven, like stumbling and um, trying to pick up his hat that he keeps kicking as he's trying to pick it up. And, and like you said, I don't think he, he doesn't say a single word in the movie, or maybe he says one or two things, but um, just his physicality to not be able to pick up his hat is just uh, diabolically hilarious. This person is so uncoordinated that the simplest action is uh, so difficult. Um, But when he translates as Mr. Noodle, he plays this other type of kind of klutzy character who just doesn't know how to do like the simple things. And I was reading a little bit about it. Um, He's got also, he's just got this great like straight face, kind of like a, a, oh. uh, Like a Buster uh, Keaton kind of guy. Yeah, or like um, uh, Oliver uh, uh, Hardy, not. um, Yeah. Not stand dead, world. A good deadpan, yeah. Yeah. And um, I was reading a little bit about um, the Mr. Noodle character and how he just doesn't know how to do things, and he, but he gives all this silence within his performance so that kids can, like, yell at the screen. You know, he does these things. <laughs> he doesn't know how to put on a hat, speaking of hats, or he doesn't know how to, how to eat a hamburger. Or, like, all the things that are just these klutzy, dumb things. He's not stupid. He just, like where the character I don't think is portrayed as stupid. He just like falls down or the wind's blowing and mm-hmm. he can't move through it. And it's like, it's, but it's all physical. Just that kind of speaks to what Richard said about um, his first choice is like the physicality of someone falling down or not being able to do something. is just so delightful for a child. And I think a lot of my picks very yeah. childish in nature, but I think that is this, like you said, with Blackadder, and uh, Rowan Atkinson, I, that character speaks to someone who's five years old, but then you, as a grown up, you appreciate, you can be like, Oh, I, I see what he's doing. Oh, it's so clever. So <laughs> clever. But I love Bill Irwin just in terms of um, how he is as like a, 
kind of a mime and a clown. I think it's just ah, just delightful. I, do you think young people sympathize because they are still learning all the things that adults do and falling short of their objectives? Well, somehow? I think. I, 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 go ahead. I say I think it's because kids identify themselves in a klutz because they're still growing and are physically awkward and gangly mm -hmm. and have trouble with their coordination and are knocking shit yeah. over all the time and getting in trouble for it. So that's, it's like, look, there's someone who's like me. Yeah. I think there's also this great delight in an adult not being able to do yes. something that a kid yeah. can do. Yeah. And that an adult who's a klutz, an adult that's falling down, this person's supposed to drive a car. <laughs> they don't even know how to put, they don't even know how to uh, turn the key. Yeah. In the engine, or they don't know how to like open the door and they're climbing through the window. What are they doing? <laughs> I, I'm five. I know how to, I know the idea of it. So. Yeah. Oh, well, it's fun. Funny. Like Irwin as a kind of Irwin fan. Um, didn't he win? He won uh, a Tony award for best original script or best script for a play that had no words in it it was just physical Wouldn't stuff, be surprising you know? i mean um he was also uh did like the voice and all like the body acting for like the robot in interstellar that weird like clunky oh wow he like he was physically on set as the, as robot. the robot i don't know if he was like behind it in like a, uh -huh. a uh, puppeteer. Like sort of puppeteer sort of thing yeah. but or if it was just like all you know white balls and shit mm -hmm. but um but yeah, he was like, he was the physicality for like, oh, can you play a rectangle that can barely move? Yes, I, I know exactly. I'm on it. To, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's super cool. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking about him because I looked at his IMDb and he, he kind of graduated to speaking roles where he's playing people who have, who have dialogue and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Richard, what's your second? All right, my second choice is Sport Goofy. Oh, wow. Goofy's also on my list, yeah. Oh, oh good. wow, okay. I went specifically with Sport Goofy, but I think any Goofy would be just fine in this in this mm. choice. Yeah. Um, I loved the Sport Goofy uh, cartoons when I was a kid. The series of cartoons where it would be uh, a narrator talking about a popular sport, and there would be one or multiple Goofies sometimes if it was a team sport. Mm -hmm. Attempting to show you how the sport is played and usually doing it very poorly. Um, and Goofy is just this wonderfully realized animation character. It's just all long limbs and like, derp, derp. I mean, it's it's the physical manifestation of derp, derp, derp. <laughs> and it's just... I mean, he's he's an everyman, but at the same time, he's not really a man. Not yeah. exactly still, you know, the great debate on what is Goofy at this point. Is he a dog? We're not. I don't want to. I don't want to open that can of worms. That's a that's yeah. a topic for, for Pl a different episode. Pluto is a dog. Pluto is definitely a dog. We yeah. know that. It's goofy? I don't know. But he, what, what he is, like I said, is just a is perfectly drawn for like pratfalls. Mm -hmm. and well he also um he has like that kind of that lean body that talked about like bill Irwin, where like his neck can suddenly be three feet long and can get tangled within his skis or whatever he <laughs> yeah. can, he, he literally <laughs> ties himself into knots trying to do uh uh you know ski down a mountain or uh, uh 
dribble a basketball or anything. Yeah, right. It's like his, his body is rubber band man enough to to take on all those things and to get caught up in himself. Yeah. Why did you choose him, Michael? Because he is, he, you know, I remember I like him because he is so um, earnest in what he's trying to do. He's never trying to harm someone. He never gets mad, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, you have these three characters or the three, the three main like Disney characters. And like when Felix was real little, we watched a lot of like the Disney shorts. So I'd seen like the, the Disney, the, the, the long trail, not the long trailer. That's um, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, but like, like the trailer where like the three of them are going on vacation and Goofy is, and like, you know, Donald is just like this proverbial, like ticking time bomb. Everything makes Ball it. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Mouse is just kind of sweet and just kind of there and just, trying to get along with everybody and goofy is trying to be helpful and uh can never be helped like he sets everything you know everything falls apart because of his actions but he's a good he's a good guy but he just doesn't he just he gets in his own way he's you know um you think about uh even his later like kind of movie appearances like with like a goofy movie or mm -hmm. um i never watched goof troop but he's just single dad trying to get along trying to do things for his son and he can't get it can't get it right and like um i don't know i think he's admirable that he's always always trying in spite of himself it's always in spite of himself you know yeah for sure i think he's he's also chivalric in his uh uh, romantic intentions where Donald just feels like he's just pervy and <laughs> just creep, creeping, creeping out the room. That's uh, just okay. not wearing pants, right? That's right. Well, he he shows up bottomless. There's you can't go very far from from that. Uh, your intentions. Yeah, what's going What's going on with Goofy? He's. I mean, he is always fully dressed. I'm looking at a picture right now. He's got the turtleneck. He's got the vest, the shoes with a hole in it, and his pants all these other guys are running around half naked my spouse uh is an employee of a major entertainment corporation <laughs> and and uh, the persons who play um the character that we're speaking of she's she knows them and so she'll go to the parks and she'll be able to recognize the different behaviors based on the person who she knows outside of the costume <laughs> and it's mm. funny it's funny because i just think of him as just kind of this ubiquitous he just always seems the same when i see the walk around characters but she'll say right. no that's that's so-and-so and and the person more of a dance their physicality the physical dial uh why physical language that they speak might be more based on actual background and dance like the profession is, person's a professional ballet dancer or something like that so it's funny to see the different goofies so uh it's a new year it's a new you you are a podcast supporter and you're also a youtube uh watcher and we appreciate you doing that but you could take it to the next level by becoming a topic contributor to the Mount Rushmore podcast. You could even become a special guest on the Mount Rushmore podcast. And that involves uh, simply commenting on one of our posts, reaching out to us on any of the social platforms we're on. Just Google Mount Rushmore podcast. And we're usually about the fourth one down <laughs> after some other podcasts that have come and gone uh, that talked about Brett Favre or something more popular than what we talk about. But uh, you could suggest a topic and then be a guest on the podcast and then 
put that on your LinkedIn and then you get a promotion. That sounded a lot like you. it was starting off, you were heading down uh, pledge drive territory. When it you was. Promo, that, that yeah. Lead, For $9.99 a month, you can get the three tenors uh, CD and the yeah. pack. Yeah. And the three tenors are me, you, and me, yeah. and Michael. <laughs> Nobody want to give away. Her. I don't want to give away the one tote bag that I have, though. I need it for toting things. <laughs> it's not a customer branded tote bag. It's just. A I tote always bag. love that. That uh, can like a, yeah. it can fit like a quart of milk. I mean, P come on. PBS and NPR people sound so smart until at one time of the until a pledge drive comes around, then they sound like crack whores. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on, baby, just give me a dollar. Come on, just give me that dollar. Apologies to crack whores who are listening. Watch, yeah, not to yeah. be offensive to crack horse, yeah. Hey, everybody's got to uh, listen to a podcast, yep. And right, yeah, okay. So we're back, and now, uh, Richard Manfredi, no, it's Michael Winfield, that's right, because we had the d goofy double up. Michael Winfield's gonna let us know his third, <laughs> the goofy double up that's like the worst sex maneuver. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine goofy, involved nobody in enjoys it. <laughs> no, um, all I can say okay. is harsh. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uh, my uh, third choice now, which got pushed down for my number one choice, uh, is the inspiration for all of this, and it is Mister Frumble from the Richard Scary um, oh. series of books. He's um, kind of best known for his Busy World books, um, which feature like Huckle Cat and uh, uh -huh. Lowly Worm and Hilda Hippo. And Mr. Frumble is a pig, and um, he is uh, kind of like Goofy in a way. He is always just trying to help people out, but I guess also kind of like um, Ham Gravy in Popeye. He's always losing his hat, and he's always just like causing trouble. He's driving his car into things. He's driving his car into wet cement. He's trying to help people by carrying things and the reason why um uh this topic is being discussed today is because um every year felix um has these we bring up these big bins of christmas stuff at the beginning of december and he has all these christmas books that come out and he has um one of his is um the night before the night before christmas which is just a wonderful book about how mr frumble gets into a lot of trouble and he's trying to help people and then uh, nobody wants his help. And he's like, I know who I can help. And he takes off to the North Pole and he tries to help Santa and he fucks things up in the North Pole and Santa gets stuck in his chimney and he has to become Santa Frumble. And he's just this wonderful, um, klutzy character that can never do anything right until, you know, the very end where he kind of, kind of does something right. Mostly it's knocking things down and just doing klutzy things but in all of his appearances um he's just this character where it's like oh mr frumble what are you doing he's flying in the plane upside down like felix will be will be reading it and ben is like oh mr frumble what and the best thing about richard scary books is that whenever something bad is happening or something unexpected every character has the same expression which is their arms shooting out and their legs shooting out, and they're just mouth open wide. <laughs> you have to look at us on our YouTube video for that. But they, they all look the same. They all look so like exasperated and shocked. Full body punishment. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he's wonderful. Richard Scarry is a wonderful illustrator and storyteller. But um, Mr. Frumble, yeah, man, he um, 
He's my main klutz. Mm-hmm. You know, what you brought up is a component of, I think, episodic entertainment. I think I think it, this is in other things, too, but where the protagonist has to screw things up for most of the show. And then mm. at the end, they get not what they intended. Like Goofy wants to be maybe a sports star or something like that. And yep. he falls short of it, but he does get a hug from his, you know, kid or something like that. So mm. I think often the uh, the aspirations or even arrogance of the character makes the klutzy stuff even more fun, makes their failure even more funny. And then uh, for them to, at the end of it, you know, Laurel and Hardy have each other, you know, or they have right. you know, maybe a wink from the... Uh, the flower girl in the corner <laughs> that, uh, you know, they, 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 they didn't move the piano up the flight of stairs, but they do have friendship or something like that. So the characters get, they don't get what they want, but they get what they need at, at the end uh, to quote Mick Jagger, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then Richard, your third. My third uh, is the character of Gerald Ford. Oh yeah, <laughs> not oh, the sure. actual president itself, uh-huh. himself, but the character as portrayed by Chevy Chase on Saturday Night oh, Live. Fun. Because, I mean, Gerald Ford had one incident where he slipped coming down or going up. I can't remember, but on the steps of Air Force One, and like slipped and like hit his head or something like that. And that's not what people remember. That's not how people remember him by it's just this one incident. They remember that there was somehow this series of bumbling incidents with Gerald Ford, that he was a, he was a bumbler. Mm-hmm. And that's because Chevy Chase, when doing his impression of Gerald Ford on Saturday Night Live, decided not to do anything remotely close to an impression of Gerald Ford and just portray him as a series of pratfalls waiting to happen. And that's what stuck with people, which is ironic because Gerald Ford might have been our most athletic president. He was an All-American football player at the University of Michigan and got drafted by the Green Bay Packers. And if he wouldn't have gone into politics, he probably would have been a football player. So the irony that someone who is this physically coordinated and gifted at a sport would then be remembered for someone for supposed klutziness is pretty ironic. And you mentioned, Jeff, you know, like the the physical nature of portraying a klutz. And I mentioned, I think I said something about how if you don't do it right, you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you look no further than Chevy Chase and his long, long-standing uh, history of back problems and pain pills mm-hmm. Related to said back problems. So kids, if you're going to be a physical comedian, learn how to do it correctly. I don't know how many people I know who have hurt themselves doing a pratfall. So just don't do it. Unless you have to. If you're (laughs) going to do it, learn how to do it right. Don't think, oh, I can just throw my body around. I have a problem with my kid right now who's 16 and and does a lot of physical comedy type stuff for their uh for their uh their acting that they do and they're having to take the time to learn how to do it right because their teachers are like look we don't want to see you injure yourself i yeah i hurt my back i hurt my knee i did this to myself whenever i was doing comedy 
So, you know, learn how to, you need to learn how to do it right. Yeah. Don't, don't set up the backyard wrestling ring uh, <laughs> and jump off of the uh, chicken shed. <laughs> yeah. Chicken, you know, go, go, go take a class on how to take a bump or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. This is such an interesting choice because it, it makes just me think of like, um, the mo- he's like one of the well- most well-known impressions that's also like the worst impression. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't, it could be anybody could have t- slipped on a stairs and he would have put the same, like it's just a physical effort, a physical comment on something that is so, it's so ridiculous that that is like that he made no additional effort to look like him. Right. Right to sound like Gerald Ford, not that I know exactly what Gerald Ford sounds like, but like, um, I know what he looks like. He looks like a, a thumb, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like, but he didn't, he just, there was a weird thing. I think that there was just like, ah, that's whatever. Who gives a Yeah. Shit? Yeah. I mean, you look at Saturday Night, Night Live now, and you yeah. look at Saturday Night Live now and, and whenever it's an impression, somebody's going to be spending hours in the makeup table. To mm-hmm. try and look as much like that character as possible. You know, you think unless someone like Daryl Hammond, you know, spending years trying to nail down sort of the the, the, the nuance, the... subtle nuances mm-hmm. of a character versus, you know, the early years of Saturday Night Live with, like you said, with, with Chevy Chase, basically just taking one attribute that people n- know about that character and exaggerating it to an extreme level. And that's good enough. That's good enough to be an impression. Do you think SNL would have had any sort of stay in popular culture if it had just went off the air in like 1980? Like, do you Hmm. think people would like, because, you know, it it got kind of revived or it kind of rebranded when um, Lorne Michaels left. And I wonder like, okay, it's a sketch comedy show. There have been so many other variety and sketch shows that were on tv throughout this you know kind of late 60s and into the 70s you know you put a you know a share comedy special out or you know share the sunny yeah. sunny and Cheryl Burnett. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. all these people all these stars and comedians had comedy and acting and dancing and songs and uh dancers and all this stuff on there and snl was not too far off from that you know they had a musical thing like and if it just kind of like if it just ended in 1980 and that five years of that cast i don't know uh it's it's has such a strange longevity and i think people would be like oh you mean that stupid show where that guy did the worst impression i've ever seen of a president (laughs) at the time oh you know i i I think if it had ended in 1980 after the original cast left I think it still would have been culturally relevant for two reasons. One, because it was seen as the anti-establishment version mm-hmm. of a variety show. And that was part of the new comedy that was coming up in the mid, mid to late 70s. You know, your Richard Pryor's, you know, George Carlin's, people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think secondly, just because of the sheer success that the cast had, that original cast had going into the 80s, I mean, Chevy Chase was a big actor in the 80s. You know, Bill Murray has been a big actor since the 80s. You know, Dan Aykroyd was in big movies. You know, the, the cast had legs. So I think that's the other thing that would have kept it relevant. 
That's an interesting point. Yeah, the, the, their work outside of the show. I think the last few years, Belushi was on like two shows a year or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I think he diminished. I would say that I think Chevy, the non-impression impression was a statement of revolution and that, mm. that these persons weren't going to weren't going to do things the way that they'd been done before. Right. Yeah. But I still think physical comedy is a statement of tradition. Like, yes, that's, that's <laughs> physical. really, you guys are that hip that you're doing this shtick, you know, uh, when you're Milton Berle came. Vaudeville fall down. Yeah. 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 Is, are you guys really that cool? Cause I don't even know that they do that on Monty Python. They do do physical stuff, but I don't know that they do Pratt falls and, whatnot but yeah the close you would get would be like the silly walk or something like that yeah but, yeah that's yeah, it's interesting okay so if we had frumble we had ford uh is it michael's last one my last choice okay. is um uh inspector clouseau it is oh, uh, peter Sean. sellers as the uh bumbling french uh police officer detective who um it's just terrible at everything he's so um wow. full of himself but has just uh is so klutzy and clumsy and um unobservant for being <laughs> a detective unobservant for being someone who's trying to solve uh in you know first i don't know if he ever tries to solve murders but that you know the theft of the uh, yeah the diamond and uh, trying to capture the pink panther um uh and he just has this great um arrogance to his clumsiness and his clumsiness he's this person that solves the case by accident not by any sort of ingeniousness and mm. along the way he hurts people and uh knocks people out windows and <laughs> just goes through all just the machinations of like just being a a person who is unobservant and knocks things down in spite of what his job is and what his um his his, uh, his life is and um i think that because he styles himself as this great detective it really like plays off against uh his character and what they actually are so there's this great you know uh, facade about him that he does that he's such a klutz he doesn't even know he's a klutz he doesn't know that all the harm that he's causing and destroying things around him to the point uh that even the the villains are um dumbfounded when they're caught and <laughs> you know uh, yeah he's they, somebody there, there, there's a trope of clumsy characters whose clumsiness work to their own benefit yeah yeah who kind of bumble their way into something and then they get the credit for it because everyone else sees it as some sort of 3d chess sort of maneuver <laughs> and they're sort of cluelessly take, accepting the, the 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 credit for it and cluso certainly falls into that category yeah unlike uh colombo who was just playing a he was lulling lulling his uh his um, suspects into a trap. Of, to, yes, of it, 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 he truly was playing 3D chess versus yeah. Clouseau, who was barely playing checkers, yeah. and somehow 
succeeding. <laughs> the wonderful aspect of that series and see, seeing uh, people who befell his <laughs> uh, clumsiness and develop like an eye twitch. <laughs> close <Right. all>. oh, yeah. <laughs> like his boss. I can't remember what the character's name was. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> much beleaguered oh oh fun okay uh richard what's your final choice my final choice is godzilla <laughs> what? inspired inspired because go back and watch those godzilla films godzilla is falling down <laughs> all the time and of course the consequence of godzilla falling down is not just godzilla fall down the moon He's usually taking a couple of high-rise buildings out with him whenever he gets knocked down or falls down on his own. How graceful is a thunder lizard supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know how graceful he's supposed to be. I can tell you how graceful he's not. <laughs> and that's very not. Um, apparently, this if you go back and watch the original Godzilla movie, the Raymond Burr one from 54, Apparently, there were a lot of problems with the stunt actors who were playing Godzilla because the suit had the toes that were spread apart too wide. Hmm. And so it made it difficult to walk in. So they were literally just falling down all over the place. And they would just leave those. They would just leave that in the movie. <laughs> so it's very much like um, Ed Wood. Just we got it. Yeah. It's close enough. We got to leave it in. It's fine. It's, it's okay. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. All down on some buildings, and these buildings <laughs> were going to get stomped on anyway. That's okay. Let's move move along. Yeah, no matter how they get stomped on, the point is buildings are going to get stomped on. Yeah. Now, whether or not it's intentional or or the the stunt actor tripping and falling, and is maybe through editing we can kind of try to salvage it to some extent. Sure, but it's just I wonder how much of that was just laziness, like they just didn't want to set the building back up again. <laughs> They knew they'd have to spend an hour trying to get it all fixed up and looking nice so they could reshoot the scene. It's like, you know what? It's fine. It's Godzilla. He knocked shit down. It's fine. So yeah, last one's Godzilla. Uh, and you know, in a couple later movies, he um, he does uh, gain some sense of gracefulness when he's like doing that weird jumping dance move in the air that we yeah. oh yeah gift. He's he's learned. He's he's developed. He's he, he went to some took some classes. Yeah, he did some ballet just to sort of, you know you, like you would hear about NFL players taking ballet yeah. classes to help them with their mm -hmm. balance. Same thing with Godzilla. You should see the should see the king of all monsters do a plie. It's impressive. <laughs> well, when, um, he, when he bat, when he battled Grand Jeté, I that was. <laughs> <laughs> would was Mecha Godzilla? programmed to be less clumsy do we i would think? think so yeah yeah I, I would imagine that mechagodzilla would be because of yeah. his artificial intelligence would be programmed yeah. to have better balance yeah well this has been a fun topic uh, i want to thank the listeners and viewers who have been with us uh this whole episode we appreciate it and we would invite you to in the comments leave your suggestion for a klutz or uh uh shout out to the ones that you agreed with from michael or richard here <laughs> i'm going to blunder my way through this because i think they were all such great choices um I, well, the one thing i i thought was interesting i do still try to psychoanalyze uh richard and michael because that's just i'm i'm a judgy person um but one thing i thought was interesting 
Richard did this too, but Michael, I think, chose mostly people who have a mix mister or an inspector or something in their name. And I think uh, that, I think, is really an interesting aspect of a, a low-status klutz is really just kind of sad. A high-status klutz, well, that's that's comedy because here's the satire, essentially, because here's the mighty taking a fall. Yeah. So my last I, choice was my, my last choice was actually Inspector Godzilla <laughs> from the Inspector Godzilla <laughs> series back in the seventies. So, oh, we need that. We need that Inspector Godzilla, Detective Godzilla. Yes. Detective Godzilla. Does he have a cool yeah, habit like where's, where, did, where's the crossover where like somehow um, he has traveled back in time or somewhat where uh, you know uh, Sherlock Holmes teams up the greatest detective duo in the history of the world. <laughs> Well, wasn't Holmes, that basically the, God, Godzilla. the Godzilla cartoon was with Gadzuki? Weren't they basically running around solving crime? Were they really? I don't know. I never. Did saw they it, speak? But... Did they speak? <laughs> was it just... I love that. I love. I love that. That is the perfect way to, to end a podcast. Absolutely. Didn't this thing happen that I have no idea? Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've, ne I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Talk to just, you next time, we'll just, folks. <laughs> we'll just accept it as uh, something that may or may not have happened. Okay, it. let's see. Let's see if I can get activate this little sound effect. But let's go with uh, Goofy, since you both chose it. Okay, let's go with Bill Irwin, since I love the guy. Let's go with Godzilla. Great thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is always a pretty inspired pick. And how about Inspector Clouseau? Because uh, such great satire and awesomeness. And guys, it's so great to see you, my friends. Yeah. yeah. What a way to start the new year. Absolutely. Yes. Happy 2027. Are we yes. coming to you from the future? Ooh, we'll never know. <laughs> this has been the Mount Rushmore of... Uh... Yeah. Did we do it? Did he freeze? Did Richard say... You froze for a second. I did? You froze oh, for a second. Okay. Yeah. I'm always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. What a klutz. <laughs> what a klutz. All right. And